The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoke Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's readings will both be from Epictetus. First one is from the Enchiridion, the Handbook, Chapter 8, and the second one is from the Discourses, Book 1, Chapter 6. But before we read, uh, let me tell you the the incident that happened this morning, and uh, this is not the first incident that involved uh, coffee and a Stoic insight. Uh, I'll link to that other episode below. So, I love coffee. And uh, I have coffee every morning. Um, and the way I do it is I set up my my timed coffee machine to brew the coffee uh, about mm, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes before I wake up so that I got fresh, hot coffee right when I wake up. Uh, fact number two is that my favorite coffee is Starbucks Cafe Verona. Um, and uh, what I'll typically do is I'll 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 default to that, and then occasionally when I go to to Starbucks, then uh, or or a grocery store, and I'm in need of resupplying, then they won't have Cafe Verona, so I'll try something else. And there are other good coffees, but um, but you know it's always a relief and a a, a pleasure to go back to Verona. And sometimes I feel like like having the non-Verona coffees is like a kium. It's like a fulfillment in Verona when I return to Verona. You know, so. So let's see. So Monday, Monday, I ran out of the other coffee I had, and I set up my coffee machine to brew Cafe Verona for for this morning. I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, so um, so I uh, I set it up to to brew a, a a fresh fresh batch of Cafe Verona, you know, a uh, fresh bag. Um, so you know, it's always best when it's fresh. Um, so. Uh, because I give sheer on Monday night, that runs late, like past my bedtime, I tend to be very tired on Monday night when I end the day. Like I usually, you know, I'm, I, my usual bedtime is 9.30 PM and like sometimes sheer will go past 9.30, you know, so I'm really tired. So what I did was I forgot. So I, I set up the coffee machine, but I forgot to put in the, um, I don't know if you call it the pitcher, the receptacle, the carafe. I forgot to put that in. And basically what my coffee machine does is if it senses that there is no carafe to receive the coffee being brewed, it'll just keep filling up and the coffee will just sit there. And then sometimes if I filled up enough water, you know, it'll overflow the receptacle and then some coffee will, will, uh, will spill over into the craft or onto the, uh, onto the, uh, the, the hot surface and it'll burn. The, the details aren't important, but basically what happens is you end up with a, co- a cup of coffee that is brewed. It's technically brewed, but it sometimes has, uh, uh, you know, ground coffee in it, or it has like uh, a burnt taste or, or burnt, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, burnt or burnt particles of coffee, burnt particles of, of ground coffee. So this morning I woke up and I have a pretty good sense of smell. I instantly smelled, uh Oh, something happened with the coffee. I go out there. Sure enough, I had forgotten to put the carafe in last night, so I had a full thing of coffee that was brewed, uh, just waiting to 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 drip. And I put the carafe in, and then all the all the coffee went in. And surprise, surprise, it was uh, it was slightly burnt, um, and uh, there were particles in it. You know, particles of ground coffee. So then I'm sitting there, and um, and I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? Uh, and 
And I'm not consciously thinking of this, but you know, the one of the foundations of Epictetus uh, uh, of Stoicism in general, but Epictetus is Stoicism, which is from the Enchiridion chapter eight. Do not demand that things should happen just as you wish, but wish them to happen as they do, and all will be well. Right. So, so a big tenet of Stoicism is is uh, is accepting reality. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, it's perhaps the most fundamental aspect of Stoicism. So. So I, I'm sitting there and I basically have a decision. And uh, my decision is, do I just accept the fact that this coffee didn't brew properly and then just drink the coffee? Or do I throw it out and, uh, and you know, and brew another cup? And I sit there thinking about this for a while. Um, and I'm thinking like, well, what's better for my, for my perfection? What's better for my development? Like maybe I should drink this coffee. And, you know, I was, <laughs> I guess maybe in the back of my mind thinking of the, the, uh, the bad bread, uh, episode that I did last week where like, I'm, you know, in the morning I'm going to want coffee and the coffee is going to be good. Like it's, it's fresh Verona and, uh, and it's coffee <laughs> and I'm in the morning. So like, I know it's going to taste good and yeah, I'll have these little annoyances in it, but, um, you know, annoying aspects to it, but like, it's still good, you know? And then I was like, oh, but, but maybe like, why should I diminish my enjoyment? Like I, I was anticipating this great, you know, fresh batch of Verona and like I could easily make another batch, but then I'd have to throw out the old one, you know, and then that's going to, that's going to be, make me feel a little bit guilty. And then, um, and then that's going to diminish my enjoyment. So I'm sitting here, like going through this calculus of which of the two options do I do? Do I accept the reality, uh, and just drink the coffee or do I reject the reality and not do it? You know? And then it suddenly occurred to me a practical solution. I won't throw out the coffee. I will pour it into a receptacle um, and uh, and you know make sure that the uh, the the ground coffee particles are not in it. And I'll put it in the refrigerator because sometimes uh, on let's say you know uh, the at the end of the week uh, I might I, I'll have a little bit of coffee in the afternoon in the early afternoon just to get me through the rest of the week. Uh, and I'll usually have that as iced coffee and, you know, it's getting warmer and I was thinking like, oh, iced coffee is going to be better. And when you have iced coffee, then, or at least when I have iced coffee, I don't taste the subtleties in the coffee as much. So effectively there would be, if, you know, this, this, this botched batch of coffee, if I drank it hot, I would notice the difference, but if I'm drinking it on ice, I would not notice the difference. So basically I decided like, okay, that gets rid of the guilt of, uh, of throwing out coffee. Uh, and, uh, and it puts it to a good use and then I could brew a fresh cup of coffee and, and everyone wins. And that's when I realized that, that sometimes there is, this is what I call, I'm calling the stoic fallacy of the false dichotomy or the stoic false, di the false stoic dichotomy, where you feel like you either have to accept reality or not. And this is really why I tend to favor, uh, Michelet's approach to Epictetus's principle here rather than the way that sometimes Epictetus presents it. Michelet also is founded on the idea that you have to accept reality and that you have to note what's in your control and what's not. But but Michelet is far more proactive in... Uh, in or Michelet advocates a far more proactive stance on taking control to, to, uh, of those aspects of reality that are within your control and then, and then producing the best result you know, producing a superior result. In other words, stoicism can sometimes lead a person to, uh, to, you know, sort of sit back and, uh, and feel like you either accept reality or you resist reality. But both of those are, are somewhat passive stances. You know, you're either passive and resistant or passive and uh, accepting. 
Uh, and I guess this is, again, I, I, I do mean to pick on Epictetus. I think Epictetus, this problem occurs with Epictetus far more than Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius, perhaps because of his position, you know, as emperor was, was you know, did confront issues of, uh, of being active and changing, you know, doing your part, doing your responsibility in the world. Um, in fact, just yesterday we were talking about that. That's how he got himself out of bed. Uh, but I find Epictetus lends himself more to this. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and Michelet doesn't. You know, now I'm not going to put the entire blame on Epictetus because there's another um, great teaching of Epictetus. I think this is one of the first ones that I read in the Discourses, Book One, Chapter Six, uh, and he's talking about this complaint that someone says, "Yes, but my nose runs." You know, I have a runny nose. So then he says, "For what purpose then, slave, have you hands? Is it not that you may wipe your nose? Is it then?" So then, then he he says what the slave says. Uh, or the, the person says, is it then consistent with reason that there should be running of noses in the world? Nay, how much better it is to wipe your nose than to find fault. So there he is kind of um, kind of breaking out of that dichotomy by saying, basically, if your nose is running, you could sit there complaining. That's one option. You could accept the fact that your nose is running. That's the unstated other option. Or you could wipe your nose, right? And just, you know, like stop complaining about the nose running if you can do something about it, do something about it, you know? So uh, I, again, I'm, I, uh, I am picking on Epictetus. I don't mean to say that he, uh, that, that he, um, you know, ideologically endorses this false dichotomy, but I do think that his Epictetus's absolutism about stoicism often lends itself to that kind of mentality where you feel like you either have to accept things, uh, accept reality or reject it. And, and Michelet is very, very good at breaking you out of that. Um, so, um, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, one of the, one of the many perks of, um, of, of approaching stoicism through the primary framework of Michelet rather than, than just, you know, uh, embracing all of Epictetus's approach, uh, without, you know, without criticism. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone. And I'm realizing, by the way, there is a fourth option in terms of the coffee. Some people would say that Starbucks coffee tastes burnt anyway. And therefore, you shouldn't have it in the first place. So that person would be in the um, in the what do you call in the category of the of the cynics, uh, and and would be rejected by uh, by uh, Epictetus as well.